Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Chip Scoggins is with us. He was part of the Star Tribune team at the Olympics. Back home now coaching kids basketball, just like a good Woodbury father is supposed to, sir. We're having a technical issue. We can't put Chip on hold, Pat. So here's what we're going to do. What happened? I, I don't know. Our phone uh, our phone locked up, so Manny is going to try to hang up with poor Chipper and try to redial him. Uh, we're, uh, okay. And what's too bad, because I had such... Fanfare ready to go for Chipper. Yes, we, we you know with the Olympic going, theme we looking, and everything we else. So I think pretty good. I think what we'll do is I'll I'll pause this. Manny will get him back on the phone, and then I'll restart it when I know that Chipper is ready to go. Because it you know it's a, it takes a couple of weeks out of a guy to get all ramped up after you've covered an Olympic. You know that yeah, you've covered yourself some Olympics. Actually, I've even made some notes here for goodness sakes to talk to him. So so something uh, something technical there. Maybe we need a hammer to hit that button to unfreeze it. To or something. Yeah, Pat, something happened with the uh, phone that I got over here. It just kind of froze up or something, so I wasn't able to... I had so we, Chip on the phone, and I was trying to put him on hold so now, Reavers now could punch him up do? on the Have air. we got Chip yet now? Do we? Uh, Reavers looks like he's got him. Not okay. only do we have Chip, but I'm going to give him this again. Okay, give it to him again. He hasn't heard it enough. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome home, Chipper! <laughs> Chip start was part of the Star Tribune Olympic team. Now, Chip, uh, when you get to the last four or five days of the Olympics, you kind of are winding it down physically, emotionally. You just want to get the hell out of town, and that's when everything started <laughs> happening for the Minnesota crew. It is funny. Um, that second week of the third week you're there, but the second week of the games, towards the end you're starting to think, man, what are we going to write because it's the events are getting done and it's getting pretty uh, light in the coverage. And then all of a sudden, Minnesota took over. And uh, you're right, from Wednesday to Saturday was just remarkable. Uh, it started Wednesday where we had uh, Lindsey Vaughn uh, in the morning and then uh, Jesse Diggins winning gold uh, with that incredible finish in, in cross-country skiing at night. And then the next day we had the women's hockey team, which has a ton of uh, Minnesotans and with the coach and players winning gold in a dramatic fashion, and then Saturday with the curlers winning gold. So it was, uh, it definitely carried us through to the end. Um, it was, it was just an unbelievable uh, final four days for us there. Now Schuster's uh, win in curling is uh, certainly historic and fun, and everybody had a good time. But the idea that a kid from Afton. Listen, I was a guy who went over and watched U.S. cross-country skiers in three Olympics, and they would finish 42nd, you know, yeah. and then tell you they had their personal best. 
the idea that a kid from Afton could become adept enough in the sport to win a gold medal uh, with her partner is just amazing to me. Yeah, and and Jesse's uh, partner in that in that sprint uh, relay there was uh, Keegan Randall. She she had talked about her first Olympics were Salt Lake City, and she finished forty fourth. Yes. And that's sort of where they were. And to think in that short amount of time, which I don't know if it's short or not, but uh, that they could uh, not only medal, but the way that they medaled and passing up uh, Sweden and I think it was Norway, right? Uh, finished yes. uh, bronze. And the way Jesse did it, they coming into this, they felt like they were going to medal in something. I don't know that they thought they'd take gold. And just watching the replay of Jesse coming down that last straightaway, that was all heart and guts there. I mean, to, to have that kind of kick um, in that situation to not only medal and, you know, get the first medal for women ever, um, American woman ever in cross country, but to do it in that fashion, was just it was just incredible. And it just shows really uh, how much work that she's put in the last eight years, uh, last four particularly, because they got shut out last time in Sochi. Um, but I think it maybe can – spur something in this country in terms of uh, Keegan Randall mentioned it, that she doesn't think it's going to be another decade before they win another medal. Hey, Chip. Uh, so, Schuster, yeah. I was, like, the first week of the Olympics, the the, uh, the games, the matches start. Yeah. And I said something on Twitter derogatory about uh, Jelly Bean as a shooter, right? Yeah. You know, <laughs> Isaiah, whatever the hell. Yeah, yeah. Jelly Fam or Jelly yeah. Bam or whatever it is. <laughs> And somebody sent me back a response saying, he shoots like John Schuster. <laughs> they were, wow. You know, because they, well, they were terrible at the start. What the hell happened? I, I honestly don't know. And that's, that's the most amazing thing about it because that Sunday they dropped a two and four and it yeah. really just performed poorly. I mean, and you're thinking, well, it's going to be like Sochi and it's going to be like Vancouver where they win two games and – they get, you know, destroyed out here. And then, you know, they're playing Canada next, and you're thinking, wow, this is going to be bad. And I don't, he mentioned, um, you know, they just kind of having fun, cutting it loose. They saw his, this psych, uh, sports psychologist that they um, have on staff now. And, Who's he, a bartender? <laughs> I don't know. But he mentioned, too, that he, uh, after they won the gold, he mentioned that he, he was with his wife, and they, he walked her out to the – the gate there and he went and sat sat on the hill by himself and said this is ridiculous you know um the olympics are you know it's having this effect on me i'm miserable um so i think he just sort of said oh, what the heck and just kind of cut it loose for lack of a better word um and they just got on a roll and after they beat canada i think they sort of said uh, you know uh-huh we can do something here and then the momentum just built and um just the atmosphere in there for that gold medal game was uh, <laughs> it was, it was hilarious. It was hey, I, I, actually I sat with the family uh, with his with his mom and dad and wife and and all the supporters up there. There's about seventy five of them, and it, it was a hoot up there. I can tell you that. <laughs> and it's you know a lot of beers being drunk up there, <laughs> and a lot of uh, hours of drama. What's it take? Three hours, basically. Yeah, it, it does. And uh, and to come down to was it the eighth end? I think is what they call yes. the end. Uh, he had the five-point thing, oh, uh, yeah. five-point throw, and you're like, oh, my gosh, they're going to win gold here. And uh, it was happen? just it was the party was on after that. And you know what is funny? I've, some of the guys I follow in Canada, Terry Jones and those guys uh, on mm-hmm. Twitter, 
They were more upset about losing in curling than in hockey. Canada's more possessive <laughs> about curling than it is hockey. Yeah, that was a bad stretch. As, as good as it was for Minnesota, imagine being Canada where you lose in men's hockey, women's hockey, and curling. Yeah. And, uh, that, that's a tough stretch for them. And, uh, yeah, it's, you know, and that was part of the deal after, after Sochi, um, with the U.S. curling, they, they finally started to invest some money in the program because all these other countries, Canada, Russia, whatever, Sweden, this is these guys' jobs. I mean, they pay them a lot of money to, uh, you know, this is their full-time job as curlers, whereas before these guys were school teachers and whatever, and they would, you know, pile in a van and go to uh, Canada for, for uh, sure. tournaments and then have to drive all night to get back so uh, they could go to their teaching jobs. So it was just, it was just kind of... Uh, it didn't have quite the investment that they needed to, and I think once they started pouring that money into it, um, you know, you got better results. And then obviously what Schuster did on his own to go out and find his own team and, and put that together after he basically was kicked to the curb by U.S. Curling. Uh, it's just it's a remarkable story of a comeback for him um, after he was basically told, you know what, you're not good enough to be in the Olympics. Hey, uh, Chip, we had John Masich on uh, yesterday, or uh, I think it was uh, two days ago, and it was the anniversary of uh, winning, beating the Russians in 1960 in Squaw Valley in the hockey, mm-hmm. and, and John was uh, running the Green Bay kind of semi-pro team in Green Bay, and he flew out, and he said he, uh, there was... You know, they all flew back to where they came from. The guys went back to War Road and everything, and he flew back to Green Bay. And the next day, and when he got to the little airport there in Green Bay, like 30 people come out and said, way to go, John. And the next day he was at work at 830 in the morning, like Monday. <laughs> you know. Well, that's you know, it's funny, the kind of the heroes welcome that uh, these curlers had, Schuster, um, I think they're in New York now, and and they got a bunch of appearances. But you know, he he works part time at Dick's Sporting Goods up there in uh, in Duluth. Oh, so sure. It, it'll be interesting to see, like, once it settles down, his life gets back to normal. How much changes for him? Um, I, I assume they're going to cash in, you know, quite a bit on this and make some money off this, uh, you know, off this gold medal. I, I don't know how much money there there's be made, but um, I got to imagine endorsements are going to come in. Uh, pretty significantly for him so we'll, we'll see how much like his life changes and jesse diggins i gotta imagine jesse's going to get a bunch of endorsements now and it'll be interesting four years from now they're going to be in a different spot financially wise and stature wise and going over there as gold medal winners um and just pressure of having to you know live up to those expectations now yeah and that's uh you know he's what 36 you don't get old in that sport you can keep going until your late 40s probably so i would think so yeah and and um you know, I mean, he's he's he lost thirty pounds uh, before this Olympics because he got in shape and he uh, did some different things. So he, physically, I think he's in really good shape. And and uh, Pat, don't you think that sport, based on what they did, is going to get a big boom now uh, well, here in the uh, states? The uh, Chaska, you know, Chaska Reavers out in Chaska country. There, they invested in this new. Curling Center, right? What, six? How many uh, rinks there, uh, Chris? It's a giant rink, and I think they have about six or seven lanes uh, for for their league events and whatnot. And Chipper, me and Jared Allen, Team 2022, I'm telling you that right now. I'm I'm, I'm doing what I can to make the team for 2022. All right. Uh, you're yeah, doing the beer drinking part of it. Yeah, anyway, I can handle so. the, the, the consumption part but really, really good. But that thing was popular before. I bet it's been 
gangbusters uh, since uh, John Schuster came along. What's cool, too, oh, I- is when it first opened, Chip, it was a pretty popular joint just because people wanted to see it out of curiosity. Now it's yeah. like standing room only. You can't even get a table. <laughs> yeah, I actually went down there, uh, was it last year, two years ago, yeah. um, and did a, a big piece on it. And, and, and uh, the guy who's sort of the, I guess, the pro, for lack of a better word, is Jeff Isaacson, who was on Schuster's team in Sochi. He was the, he was the one that was a school teacher, and they they uh, Chaska hired him away from that. He was ready to be done with kind of the traveling and all the competition. So he's their head pro or whatever teacher down there, and so he's kind of running that whole facility. So uh, Chip, you walk back in and taking a few days off, but you got the red hot wild. Judd's not even uh, <laughs> uh, melting down these days. They won five in a row. They'll make it six tonight. The uh, Wolves lost Butler, but they're hanging on. The Twins have been aggressive in adding talent, and uh, if Kirk Cousins end up ends up with the Vikings, we are the mecca for professional sports in this country. Yeah, this spring is you know you thought it might be slow. It's not going to be slow, especially uh, with this with this Vikings free agency. If they uh, if they go out and spend big on on Kirk Cousins, which Listening to Zimmer today, he he laid out a case that all three of the guys that they had last year have major concerns with. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if if uh, if they go all in and, and are willing to give Cousins twenty eight, twenty nine million dollars uh, to be their yeah, guy. He, um, yeah, Zim also threw out there that ah, we don't want to give a guy so much money we can't keep our team together or something. Yeah, you wonder how much is, if 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 that's how you thought or if that is sort of negotiating through the media too that sure. uh, we're not going to break the bank. Because um, I think Cousins, if he's looking at all of his options, I can imagine the Vikings are the most attractive to him when you're talking about how close they are to winning and that defense and running game and all the parts around him. I, if he's looking at all his options, I would think that the Vikings are probably number one. So it might have been them kind of floating that out there too, uh, negotiating-wise. But, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of cool stuff going on in town, and uh, we'll see if those go for women basketball get in the tournament yeah. too. That would be kind of a neat story. Hey, I did read a good uh, piece though that I think the New York Post reported that the Jets, uh, to convince Cousins, might be willing to guarantee the whole deal, thirty million a year, and give him sixty the first year. So, no matter how much you want to win. Somebody's going to throw $60 million at you in year one. You might have to say, yeah, you know, go Jets, go. I don't know. Yeah, you know, especially in the NFL more than any other league, you get your money now because you know what? They're going to restructure you at some point down the line. And yeah, take they're going to. And they're going to cut you. So I always – that that's the one sport where you say, you know what, you're probably best taking the money. Uh, I know winning's great, but if you can – you have such a limited windy, uh, window for uh, earning um, that – Money typically is the number one factor uh, for free agency. Oh, yeah. Latavius Murray, as it comes in, has a good year for him. And now the story is they're going to tell him he either has to take a cut or take a hike. So That's how it always is, right? A guy gets, when a guy gets a big contract after a couple of years, it's, yeah, you're not worth it anymore. You're going to have to take a pay cut. No. All right, Chip. Thanks for your time, sir. Thank you, sir. See you. All right. Uh, a survivor of the uh, Olympics. And uh, I got to tell you, as a guy who covered six of them, it's a grind. That's for sure. We'll be back. And we will absolutely, positively name a very inspiring sports person of the day. You're on the ride with Royce. He's an incredible troll. Yes. He has cultivated and fertilized his inner troll on 1500. 
ESPN. And now, Joe and Pat present Sports Talk's Person of the Day. Jeff's legacy, his passion, generosity, camaraderie, and commitment live on today. They are a steady reminder of what it takes to represent our sport and our league as WCHA champions. And so it is our great honor to introduce the Jeff Sauer WCHA Championship Trophy to be awarded each year to the WCHA's postseason tournament champion. That is the WCHA uh, Men's Hockey uh, League, uh, their website, announcing uh, what was announced yesterday, that their championship trophy for their playoffs will be named in honor of Jeff Sauer, the uh, longtime Wisconsin coach, also Colorado College. Uh, Jeff, who uh, died of pancreatic cancer a year ago at age 73, Coached at Colorado College for 10 years, St. Wisconsin for 20 years. Only coach in WCHA history to uh, coach as long as 30 years. Now, what's interesting about this is uh, Wisconsin and Colorado College are no longer in the WCHA. Of course, we had the great upheaval in college hockey in 2013 when the Big Ten started. That uh, sent the Gophers and Wisconsin out of the WCHA. And then uh, Denver, Colorado College, North Dakota, Omaha, UMD, and St. Cloud all left uh, to fo- to help form the NCHC. So uh, the uh, current WCHA is a 10-team league. Uh, Mankato, Bemidji, Anchorage, Michigan Tech, Northern Michigan, Lake Superior, uh, the the uh, Fairbanks, Ferris State, Bowling Green, and Alabama Huntsville. But uh, they kind of wanted their own trophy for the playoffs. They're not going to replace the McNaughton Cup, which has been around forever uh, as the uh, trophy that goes to the regular season champion. But uh, they had the Broadmoor Trophy had been around since uh, 1985. They have replaced that with the Jeff Sauer Cup. Now, Jeff Sauer, uh, Washington High School, great uh, player in the late 50s at uh, Washington High School, led the Prexies in St. Paul to the state high school hockey tournament in 1960. They lost the title game to Duluth East. Uh, a hell of a guy, a really good fella, and uh, uh, because of his uh, well, untimely death and his popularity, once he was done coaching uh, college hockey, he did, you know he worked for USA Hockey, and then he became the coach of the sled hockey team. You know the what's uh, the sled hockey team? That's uh, uh, the the Paralympics. Uh, oh team, sure, okay. The, the yep. sled hockey team, and he really was devoted to that. He uh, he put a lot of energy and effort into uh, into helping these kids and uh, and uh, turn it into hockey. But uh, the WCHA uh, is not what we know it as, but it started in 1951 as the Midwest Collegiate Hockey League. And then it was changed to the Western Intercollegiate Hockey League. In 1958, there were 59, there was no league because there was a great feud going on about the uh, use of Canadian, top-level Canadian juniors who were coming down, mostly playing at Denver, and uh, and uh, beating the hell out of everybody. And the Gophers, if you go back and look in history, Mariucci hated this. And the Gophers in Denver didn't play any. They were in the same league. They didn't play any 
regular season games for about a five-year stretch. The Gophers refused to play them. Oh. They, they'd play in the playoffs. But 1959-60, the WCHA uh, became... Uh, st- you know, started the original teams: Michigan Tech, Colorado College, Denver, Michigan, Michigan State, uh, Minnesota, and North Dakota. In 1966, UMD was added, and in 1969, Wisconsin was added, and then of course we ended up with uh, much more expansion uh, later on with Mankato and Bemidji and Anchorage and uh, and those schools. But uh, the WCHA which is uh, fighting along, trying to survive after the Big Ten left them and the NCHC with some of the glamour programs was formed. Uh, Still hanging in there. And now, when their playoffs start, they will be playing for the Jeff Sauer uh, Trophy for the uh, playoff championship. And I would say going into the playoffs, Reavers, your Minnesota State Mankato Mavericks are the favorites. And will be in the tournament whether they win the uh, du- win win the WCHA playoffs or not. You I know, it's you could it's really a test to uh, to an organization and a team when the when the targets on your back, Patrick. And uh, us Mavs, we we realize this, and that's why we just we're not concerned. We're not concerned heading into the playoffs. But I do have a thought. I do have one thought though about college hockey because you know we see it every time this year when the uh, when the Big Ten hockey tournament rolls around. And there's nobody at these games. Don't you just get the sense that? There's only so much sports dollar to go around. I don't know that we can actually, quote-unquote, fix college hockey. Because well, you know what they've done? Rather than uh, the Big Ten is now going to campus sites. The only one of these leagues out west that is still having a, uh, a tournament at a uh, at a neutral location is uh, the, uh, the uh, NCHC is going to have it at okay. a neutral location. But... The Big Ten's using campus sites because they want people in the stands based on seating, and so is the WCHA. Where's the Where is the Big Ten then this year? Do we know? Eh, they were moving to the X. Did they? Did they? They were at Target Center. They announced they were moving to the X, but I don't know if it's this year or not. Okay. I, uh, to be honest, I know that they're uh, they're gonna they're gonna end up moving it over there. So, and by the way, we have the Frozen Four at St. Paul. That's right. This, this year to yes. watch the St. Cloud State Huskies take on the Mavs Mac- in the championship. Mankato Mavs for the uh, national championship. Wouldn't that be great? Oh my God! I think all Minnesotans and Gopher fans could get behind that. If the that Mavericks happens, and the Huskies. If that happens, I will lead the parade down Madison Street up to Tav on the Ave for my Mavericks. That's what I'll do. And you and I, by the way, were saying that we were going to make a road trip. To see the Mavs and my Huskies, but then we found out it was in St. Paul. It's about so. five miles from here. Yeah, it's not that, it's we not could walk. Trip. That's yeah, how we dedicated we are. We could walk. <laughs> we can handle that road trip. Yeah. So uh, anyway, that's uh, that's it. Hey, on uh, this day in 1914. Oh boy. Uh, meaning, our guy Harry Carey would be what 104? Is it 1914? Or was it 1924? Let me look it up here. Was Harry that old? Harry always lied about his age. Yeah, March 1st, 1914, the great Harry Carey was born. Uh, and uh, Now, while the- I search for audio, will you please tell me my favorite Harry Carey story of all time? Which one? The one where, uh, you know, it was like, well, it's about time, Harry, isn't it? Yeah, oh yeah, that's Bob Verde, <laughs> my dear friend Bob Verde of the Chicago Tribune, who once a year would get stuck going to dinner with Harry. 
and uh, they'd go to Eli's Steakhouse downtown in Chicago. This was before Harry had his own restaurant. And uh, Bob told him, okay, Harry, well, you know, there was many opportunities to go out for dinner because the Cubs played day games, which is the worst thing that ever happened to Harry, his poor liver. But uh, <laughs> but uh, he gets Verdi. He says, okay, we'll meet at Eli's. We'll meet at Eli's at 8, but I got to leave. We got to, I got to leave early, uh, but, uh, you know. Because I got a early flight tomorrow, six thirty in the morning. I got I got to be out of the airport. So Harry, we got to leave early. So he meets Harry there, and uh, about eleven, eleven thirty, Bob says, "All right, Harry, I guess it's about that time." And Harry says, "You're right, Bob." And he raises his hand and says, "Menu." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and Bob, oh. needless to say, Bob was not feeling too chipper when he got to the plane the next morning at that time. So, the great Harry, I got, I got, I, and I still have the uh, Panasonic clock radio that oh, I got man. for uh, being interviewed by him on the pregame show 1978. And Judd has already put in a claim for it to inherit it at my passing. <laughs> He uh, he wants the and not he's so excited to have it. I think he's kind of rooting for my passing here. That's so unfortunate he, from your former yeah, Saturday partner. It is. Yeah, it is. Well, now that he's got now he's got a new partner. What does he care, right? Yeah. So here's a little Harry. Here's a little okay. Harry for everybody. Bouncing ball, and the ball game is over. And Greg Maddox has won his 15th game of the year. He lost 11. That's a fourth straight year that he has won 15 or more. And the Cubs have salvaged the final game of the year and have swept the three-game series with the St. Louis Cardinals. Well, Harry, uh, God love him. Everybody remembers as the Cubs announcer, but his best years were with Jimmy Pearsall and the White Sox. And the White Sox, yeah. They were both crazy. <laughs> and uh, my favorite comment ever will observation ever, little ethnically insensitive, but Jorge Orta was playing second base for the White Sox on a sunny summer day. Yep. And they hit a big old high flop, pop fly, and Jose, and Jorge let it drop, and a couple of runs scored. And Harry said, "Jimmy, how can a guy who grew up in Mexico lose a ball in the sun?" <laughs> <laughs> Which I don't know if we. I don't think we could get away with that in 2018. Oh, no, we can get away with that. No. <laughs> uh, well, but it was a. It was an it was observation. Unique observation. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> All right, we'll be back. That's a big old moon staring at me right now, boys. Right over the trees down here. The one this morning was gorgeous. Stadium. That is a big old moon. And uh, George Toma finally released his crew here about a half hour ago <laughs> with a game tomorrow. The world's hardest eighty-nine, world's hardest working eighty-nine-year-old man. This field could not look more gorgeous. I don't know why you guys don't want to come to spring training. <laughs> you know what? I was just mapping out my plan, Patrick. The bride and I are heading down at the end of the month. Well, I'm not surprised. I hear you were going to Puerto Rico, too, but I think we shot that. Down. Yeah, that one got uh, next uh, because of uh, certain scheduling issues. But uh, I think I can do Sarasota, 
and yeah. Clearwater. And can I do Dunedin all in one trip in one day? Can I hit all those three spots? You know what? You can really get a bug up your new you-know-what, can't you? <laughs> you, you know, well, uh, I think when, the, when you get your first colonoscopy, they're going to find a whole hive of bugs. Look at this bug. <laughs> Look at these bugs. There's a million of them. All right, here's Johnny Hype. Thanks, Patrick. This update sponsored by Sprint. Switch to Sprint and get the best price for Unlimited. Sprint works for me. Visit a Sprint store today. Compared to National Carry Unlimited rates, features differ. With questions about the future at quarterback, one of Viking coach Mike Zimmer's top priorities is making sure the Vikes don't have to lose key players to pay a quarterback. Today at the Combine, he said, uh, the one thing I told Rick, meaning Spielman, of course, was, uh, look, we've had a good team. That's why we've won 40 games. It's not because we've had this one guy or that one guy. Let's make sure we keep understanding the team is why we've done good things. Maybe they franchise case. Maybe they don't. <laughs> The Vikes yeah, are... I think I'm with you guys. He's trying to send a message to Kirk Cousins. If you want to come here, it's got to be about $23 million. Well, actually, Doogie had that. They have not come to the conclusion that they will not chase Kirk okay. Cousins. That doesn't uh, mean Triple negative. Did, did triple you follow negative. that, Kenny? <laughs> I don't know. I'm That's not a... sure. What... Who's on first? <laughs> wow. That's a triple negative. I don't know if he was saying they will or they won't. Hey, either way, he's got her covered. (laughs) Zimmer did praise Teddy Bridgewater, Sam Bradford, and Case Keenum. Uh, He added that it was a definite possibility one of them could be back under center for the Vikings in 2018. If I was Teddy, I'd be nervous in the locker room if Zim was around. I wouldn't like a guy, you know. Why should he be nervous? Loves him so bad he might be snapping photos. I don't know. <laughs> you you should have seen the I knew what you meant right away, Patrick, but the puzzled look on Chris Reaver's face. I was face. like, where's he going? Where's he going with this? Photos. Uh, <laughs> like that agent who was snapping photos. I guess By the so. way, that was Oda Rizzi's agent. He had to get a new one. Oh, really? The guy that was snapping the yeah. photos in the shower. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Was Oda Rizzi, well, Oda Rizzi's got the dad bod. Maybe he wanted some well, photos. I don't think Oda Rizzi was one accusing oh. him of it because he probably because he had the dad bod. Got it. Your local professional teams are in action tonight, both on the road. The Wild in Arizona to play the Coyotes, and Timberwolves are playing the Trailblazers out in Portland. Uh, one other NBA note, a Cavaliers guard J.R. Smith has been suspended one game by not, the team. Not wearing a shirt? Detrimental mm-hmm. conduct. That's about, that's about all we know. He'll uh, serve that suspension during tonight's game against the Sixers. That'll cost old I, JR ninety five grand. So I, I guess he probably told Coach Lou to shut up, wouldn't you think? <laughs> Did Did you, you, so ninety five grand for 95 one grand. game? Very close. Ninety four thousand eight hundred ninety seven dollars. Wow. The He's only thing Suits and Barack Obama ever agreed. <laughs> right. JR yep. Smith should wear a shirt in public. Yeah. Yep. And then the next day you and Rook pose topless and set Twitter <laughs> oh, on fire. No, that that? I still kind of regret that talking Rook into <laughs> so, that. So do we. <laughs> So do we. Regret it. We got more hits on that tweet the than anything we've ever right done. The one right field, I don't mind, but because uh, that was his son. But that one. Yours were hanging over the top of his head. <laughs> you were, you were resting was. your man bosoms on his head. Oh, it was. If he would have looked up, they would have been in his mouth. No. No, Kenny. Kenny. What? No? No. Too late. Too late. I agree.
agree with you. It was a bad luck. I, I shouldn't have bent over. I should Rook. have stayed up and kind of backward. Rookie, hold still. <laughs> I got to I do what you got to do. Pat, I love yeah. how you regret talking Rook into it, but you don't regret <laughs> yeah. the picture that you took by yourself. Oh, oh, oh Chip took that one for me. That's right. Okay. Yeah. But the I best. Said, Let's put this on there. We'll have a little fun on the internets with this one. The so. best part the, have been the Photoshop jobs done yeah. with uh, various yeah. creations. <laughs> the cigarette hanging out oh, of your yeah. mouth. And the b- black bra. On. Yeah. yeah, the coconut. The coconut. What's bra the on. tattoo say? Uh, something gangster. Tom- no, I, think says, I think it says Thug Life or something. Thug Life. Thug Life. Thug life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, that was fun. Yes. The one with Rook is a little, I'm saying, you know, yeah, you might not want to show those in the public. Look, in a, in looked a, like a man. lemon party photo. <laughs> oh. Oddly, All right, Johnny, wait what a minute. Got? Oddly enough, I have audio of Doogie commenting on oh, that photo. Oh, no. Tubby, I want you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the Twins and Cardinals play the oh. nine-inning three-to-three tie this afternoon. <laughs> hey, Ray Adrian's at two-for-three with a home run and two RBIs. Twins will play Toronto tomorrow. I hope Doogie doesn't hate me because I love this stuff so much. Wow. All right, Johnny. Uh, we'll uh, talk to you again tomorrow. Hopefully, we're still on the air. All of us will be here tomorrow, we hope. <laughs> we hope. The ride with Royce now continues. First of all, 69, offense. He was giving them the business. It's time for late hits. Yeah, they came out hard, played, played aggressive. You know, teams like this, you know, their record, you know, means nothing. They came out and played extremely well. And, you know, if we didn't pull it together, what we did, you know, the game could have went either way. Uh, the Toronto Raptors uh, messed around for about three quarters and blew out the Orlando Magic last night. Uh, in their last 13 games, they're 11-2. and two. They've averaged 116.4 points per game. And Manny Hill, how come nobody talks about them as the team that might end up playing Golden State? All we hear is Boston or Cleveland getting their act together. Is this team ready to beat one of those teams in the playoffs i think they're ready but i think the the hesitancy to talk about them even though they're sitting atop the eastern conference right now is that i mean they've been a good team for the last four or five years under Dwayne casey but they just get to the playoffs and they start to just sort of wither away they just don't uh especially DeRozan and lowry i mean they're they're two superstars they they both get to the playoffs and they, and they struggle so i think more than anything, it's just people are just sort of on wait and see and, and show me in the playoffs mode right now with them. But they're you know, good. Uh, they're really good. San Antonio gets all the pub for bringing in Europeans, you know. How about these guys? They got about six of them. Who the hell is Pascal Siakam who's uh, scoring for him? Jacob Potal. They got uh, they got they got about five uh, uh, European guys playing for them. Who, uh, they, they find them all the time, and they're playing well. They also got Fred Van Vliet, the oh, yeah. Wichita State kid. Sure. They, uh, yep. they, they, one thing, they just don't have the household names beyond DeRozan and uh, Lowry and the big guy. Uh, and, you know, they got Serge Abaca now. But uh, I don't know. I don't know. That's, uh, they score a lot of points, boy. 
I think their margin of victory in February was the highest of any team in NBA history, too. How long has Dwayne Casey been there? What did you say? Oh, quite a while. Seven years, maybe. Has he really yeah, been there that he long? He replaced because Sam Sam was there. Oh yeah, that's right. Sam won Coach of the Year, and then he got fired like into the next season. And, uh, and then that Jay Triano guy, he was Canadian, and he took over. And then I think I can't remember who coached after that, but but Dwayne got there just like a couple of years after he left the Wolves. Uh, he uh, he has coached the Raptors Raptors since June of 2011. So you know, seven years. So uh, good for him. He's a really good guy. Uh, so poor Wes Johnson, uh, the number four overall draft choice. Uh, Timberwolves had him. Uh, he could shoot a little bit. We thought. Uh, really don't know how he ended up being four. That was a terrible draft, though. But James Harden. Uh, does a little crossover last night, and yeah. uh, Wes fell on his arse. <laughs> and rather than just shoot the ball, Harden waited for him to get up before he made the shot. That was that was kind of low rent, didn't you think? That was that was unnecessary, well, and, didn't you think? And there were there were some people that were complaining on Twitter. Well, he traveled, he traveled. He actually did not travel. They they don't count the steps until after you you get the gather and you get until you complete the, the process basketball. right exactly mm-hmm. it's it's kind of like the catch rule traveling has become but uh yeah no it was uh i saw well, they, that and i felt pretty bad for west they had a bill simmons sent out a pretty good one on harden the other day though he <laughs> he took a step to his right or to his left didn't like it so he took a step back and then went up and shot <laughs> he basically and uh and bill simmons sent out LeBron, you have lost your title to the greatest traveler in the NBA. So, <laughs> Patrick, course, really, oh, go ahead. Complaining about traveling is a uh, familiar thing in the uh, in the uh, people watching the NBA. They're always they always think the, they're thinking all white boy basketball when it comes to traveling. This is a, this is a different game. Manny pointed out that uh, we do have a pronunciation guide for what what was the player's name again? Uh, Jonas uh, Valanciunas and Charles Barkley actually has the perfect way of uh, saying okay. it. Jonas Vasu Inuansas. <laughs> What's he call him? Jonas Vasu Inuansas. <laughs> Starting center for the Toronto Raptors. I did uh, not even try it. What? It's what Val, is Val, Valanchunas. Valanchunas. No, 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 no. It's Jonas Vasu Inuansas. <laughs> The boy, the fellas might have got a little laugh out of that oh, one. Oh, yes, right? they did. Yeah. They got no chance. 18 and oh. Like, they're like the black girl on the bachelor. <laughs> no chance. God hey, bless LaMarcus you, Aldridge, uh, uh, Kawhi Leonard has not yet played, and now LaMarcus Aldridge sprained his ankle last night and might miss a few games. Everybody's talking about the uh, Timberwolves being in trouble here and maybe missing the uh, playoffs. San Antonio better watch itself. Uh, they got beat last night at home by the Red Hot Pelicans. So uh, they they were, I think they're 23-7 and seven at home now. But uh, if they don't have LaMarcus to go with not having a Leonard, they're in trouble. Mike Jeffcoat played in the big leagues. Remember him? Played in the big leagues. I do leagues remember for about that name. Ten years yeah. pitcher. I think he's a lefty. Uh, kicked around. He got hired in uh, 2002 as the baseball coach at Texas Wesleyan. That's an NAIA school. And uh, he received a letter from an 18-year-old kid named Gavin Bell from Colorado, a prospect. And uh, he got 
what Jeff Goats sent him a letter back saying, uh, uh, we don't, he said, thanks for your interest, but we don't recruit Colorado players because of the possibility of failed drug tests with your marijuana policies there. You can thank your liberal politicians for that. Uh, so I think, A, we know that Mike might have voted for Trump, and B, uh, he got fired. Uh, the letter became public, and he yeah. got fired. So, And bad news, Jim Kelly has uh, I saw this. announced that he has, the cancer has returned to his mouth, the oral cancer. So uh, good luck to him. I saw a post, too, from a friend of his on, on Facebook, and it says that this one might be a bit more aggressive than the last round that he had, and that's typical with a second round of cancer that he had. That's, that's not good news for the, right. for the Kelly family. And now, time for... Daily complaints. Manny, what do you got for your daily complaints, sir? Uh, well, I I found this uh, online. Uh, apparently, Steph Curry. He uh, I don't know if you guys saw this. He like ruined his hotel room. Oh, he I was did see this. Playing golf in his hotel room and basically <laughs> destroyed everything. And and he just wrote him out a check. Well, he shattered a window, right? Isn't yeah, that what shattered, happened? Yeah, he shattered so he was a window. Teeing so off glass. and, and yeah. hitting the ball. That that doesn't seem like the Steph Curry we all know and love, right? Well, there's someone did a side by side. Pat, he did a commercial with either Venus or Serena Williams. I can't remember in which um, they were playing ping pong together. I think it was a Visa commercial. Like, hey, I'll quick pay for that. In which he hit a ping pong ball. It knocked over a lamp. And then he said, hey, I'll take care of it, and he held out a visa. So someone just did a side-by-side of him pulling out their credit card with the shattered window, which was pretty funny. And to Steph's credit, he did have some fun with it. He posted it on his Instagram. He posted a picture of, like, the shattered glass Isn't on his he Instagram. A, like a scratch did, golfer? Isn't he really good? He's actually pretty good. Yeah, yeah. he's been did in a bunch they, of tournaments uh, and everything. Did they, uh, he, he wrote him out a check, I take it, too. Oh, I would assume I, I, so. I would assume yeah. so, yeah. He can afford I had it. A, there was a friend of mine who worked in Kansas City for years ago who, uh, who's still a prominent baseball writer, but he was a little crazy. Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to name him, but um, he used to go over this kind of dweeb who worked on the desk at the same paper he did, and and uh, they'd sit around and have beers and then start hitting golf balls through the uh, through the place, and uh, you know, never really felt proper about a contrition for that. I don't think, but uh, we, we we won't name the guy. Yeah. But, uh, He's he's a wild maniac and he's one of the more maniac maniacal one of the one of them. Uh, what do you got there, Reavers? Thirty five years ago, my father made me a diehard Gopher basketball fan, mm-hmm. and I am mad at him today because last night I'm watching this putrid, pathetic excuse for a Division One team puke down their shirts, losing to the 14th-ranked team in their own conference in the opening round on a Wednesday in the conference tournament that wasn't even in March. You guys are pathetic. I can't believe I actually got angry watching how disgusting that game was last night. Don't blame your father. 60 years ago or more, uh, 1954, when was that? My father took me to my first Gopher football game at age nine, and uh, he made me a Gopher diehard football fan, and I got over it in about the mid-60s. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I got cured. So uh, that, uh, that, And they were work. winning national championships yeah. then. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, you know, I was still a fan, but uh, then in then the mid-60s, I, I got over it. So I don't don't blame him. All right, but, I won't blame him. All right. What's your Jeff? daily complaint? Do you have anything what in that glorious state of mind yeah. that you're in and that 
wonderful city in Fort Myers, My Florida. daily complaint is rookie talked me into taking that shirtless picture. <laughs> Beautiful. All right, that we'll do was... this again tomorrow? All righty, we will. And we'll have a musical guest that has not been chosen as of yet.